What's up, guys? Our Wrestling Podcast back at you with another episode. This is Dave Vicious along with Just the Total Package, Craig the British Bulldog, and Cuz, bringing you our perspective on the world of professional wrestling. No inside sources, no ties to the industry, just stories from the diehards sharing opinions with you. Today's topic, the legacy of Jeff Jarrett, part one. For audio fans, give us a listen on Apple, Spotify, ah. SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Google Podcast, or watch our videos on YouTube at Our Wrestling Channel. On social media, can you give us a follow on Instagram or Twitter at OWP2019 or on Facebook at Our Wrestling Podcast? Uh, Jess, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. We like Double J. <laughs> he's uh, he's re- fairly relevant now, too. He's with AEW and. He's having some pretty good tag matches with Jay Lethal against the uh, Jay Lethal he's against. Kind of never stopped, right? He, he's in the best shape I've ever seen him in, and he's, he's probably shape. the like. Besides MJF, he's like the best heel in fucking wrestling right now. Like he just <laughs> understands how to make people hate him, and some people legitimately do, I think, which is great. Um, but he knows how to get it out of them and invoke that kind of uh, or evoke that emotion. And uh, dude. You don't realize we're, we're only going to do part one. Like that's how long his career was. So we're just going to cover like eighty-six to yeah. We're gonna, just going to cover eighty-six to two thousand two before the TNA days, and then after TNA, he's had another like resurgence here in, in two thousand twenty-three and twenty-two. So uh, Jeff Jarrett's fucking cool, man. I I really like oh. him, and he's the son of a promoter, and that rubs people the wrong way as well. It is what it is. Like I listen to his podcast. It's probably my favorite one now with Conrad. Um. Bruce is way gone, uh, but so I just I like Eric Bischoff's podcast with Conrad and of the Conrad, you know, Jess, stable. I like Eric Bischoff and I like Jeff Jarrett. So I think uh, Jeff Jarrett. I think a lot of people should listen to Jeff Jarrett. I think that he, you know, gets a bad rap for being like a failure all the time. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like I, I think, think Jeff Jarrett kind of. Yeah. I think that being part of a wrestling industry is like being part of a carnival. You know, like you got to know when to get off the ride and. You got to know when to, you know, repair the ride and make it fresh again. And I think uh, Jeff Jarrett is is really good. We'll talk about a lot of the times where he fucking he had no problem telling Vince, yeah, I'm leaving. Fuck off. Jeffrey <laughs> Leonard Jarrett was born on July 14th, 1967 in Hendersonville, Tennessee. Doesn't Hendersonville <laughs> just sound like a bunch of names punched together? Just uh, the made up city. They couldn't yeah. figure out what to name it. They're like, just Hendersonville. Oh, Hendersonville and, sacks. Yeah. Uh, Son, veal, veal, veal. It's gonna be veal. Jared became involved with basketball when he was in high school, but he worked for his ah, father, Jerry Jarrett's Continental Wrestling Association, as a referee in March of 1986, and then trained as a wrestler under his father and Tojo Yamamoto. Jarrett made his first in-ring debut at the age of 18 on April 6, ah. 1986. That's wild. Is coming in right now. His opponent today is young Jeff Jarrett. Jarrett is brand spanking new as a professional wrestler. He's got a lot of filling out. Okay, Tony, okay. Tony Falk got something on his mind, and I hope it's wrestling. Uh, what was wow. I at that point? Were we nine years old, I think, Jess? At that point? Oh, no. Yeah, we are. Jeez, yeah, nine years old. Uh, in 1989, his father Jerry purchased the Texas-based <laughs> World Class Championship Wrestling (W Young CCW) and merged it CWA to create the United States Wrestling Association or the USWA. Over those mm. following years, Jarrett won the USWA Southern Heavyweight Championship on ten occasions. No way. <laughs> 
Aha, and the USWA World Tag Team Championships on 15 occasions. Um, yeah, that's why. Get that's out why of here. That's why people got upset. <laughs> Jarrett also wrestled uh-huh. in the independent circuit for seven years. Some of the promoter won the title that many times? What? Yeah. <laughs> How's that happen? Weird. Uh, but, but he, Jared, not, not his dad, uh, also wrestled on the independent circuit for seven years, appearing in Japan and Puerto uh-huh. Rico. All the best. Uh-huh. And then, All the best wrestlers go to Japan yeah. and Puerto Rico. <laughs> That's for the and Puerto Rico. Don't forget. <laughs> In nineteen ninety, he wrestled his All first tour of Japan wrestling? for Super World Sports, and in nineteen ninety three, he was hired by the World Wrestling Federation. Jared uh-huh. continued wrestling for USWA full time until losing the championship to Jerry Lawler, letting them know on the opponent in this expiration of time main event action coming up on USWA Championship Wrestling. Jeff Jarrett and uh, King Jerry Lawler. What a match. Main event anywhere oh, in the country, and we yeah. got it for you right here on television today. Hey, let me give you guys fair warning of one thing. Last week, you double-teamed me, you triple-teamed me, and you guys did a little pile driver on the King. Well, that's what the King is famous for, pile drivers. I'm going to show you today how to do it right. Look yeah. out. <laughs> to return sporadically for future dates. Um, the and there's a, there's a, uh, that's a uh, lot. That's a lot to take in. Just a there's a famous stuff. Austin story, too. Austin, I guess, you know, we'll get into it like in 98 when Jarrett came back and Austin oh, was yeah, super on hot. Podcast. That, uh, yeah, they talked about it. Even back in the day, it was making rounds that Austin didn't like Jarrett. And, and uh, like when Jarrett redebuted, Austin came in and stunned him and just fucking for no reason and left. And, and people were like, oh, like he didn't want to work with me for some reason. Yeah, but I guess like well, so dude. when when they were wrestling for um uh, Jerry Jarrett, you Jerry, know yeah. Jeff Jarrett was cutting his teeth, and Austin also wrestled for Jerry Jarrett for a while. Okay. And I guess Austin got a payoff one time, and he was sitting in the locker room on the bench, and he was opening up his envelope with his check mm-hmm. in it, and and Austin was pissed that it was so small, so he kept looking at it. And of course, the fucking cocky shitty, which Jarrett didn't realize it at the time, he thought he was legitimately one of the boys, but people fucking hated him because he was Jer- uh, Jerry Jarrett's son. So he goes behind Steve and just fucking this young piece of shit, mm-hmm. pat Steve on the back. He's like, doesn't matter how many times you look at it, ain't going to get bigger. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he fucking exactly. leaves. And Austin's like, <laughs> and Austin, Austin said that he held that fucking rage for him for years. Yeah, like, he was like, I'm going to fucking get fuck you, you so son of a bitch. That's why I took it the wrong way, kid. You, you kind of said that. I'm staring at my paycheck and, and you, <laughs> you slapped me on the back and you said, uh, it doesn't matter how much you look at it, it ain't going to get any bigger. <laughs> Well, that's actually, why I thought you didn't want to work with me. Uh, that's why. I apologize, Steve. I never, you know that I, I respect you so much to the utmost, and I would never. Uh, we should do business. So, let me manage your podcast. I'll, they should. I'll, they uh, should do business. Hey, man. All right. Yeah. Stone Cold Jared at WrestleMania. I'd watch. Uh-huh. It probably uh-huh. would be good. I would. Jared's all huh? All right. Let's what? jump into that uh, World uh-huh. Wrestling Federation uh, time frame for three years. After doing the crossover promotion between WWF and USWA in late 92 and early 93, Jarrett made his televised return on October 23rd of 1993 on WWF Superstars as a heel under the gimmick Double J, Jeff Jarrett, J-E-double-F, J-E-double-R-E-double-T. 
a country music singer, singer, who intended to elevate his singing career. <sighs> my day working yeah. hard for the dough. <laughs> I have that on, on my playlist. Keeps telling me no. Fucking great song. Do that exposure. It really, it really is a great song. It's a great song. It's a great song. Just the opening. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Jerry's character would strut into the ring wearing flashy double J hats and ring attire where he punctuated his promos with the phrase, ain't I great? I think there's a lot more to that, too. The double J hat, would, and he had the glasses that would light up, and he had the, the things that really pissed off Jess. It was it wrapped around his collar, but it was, like, it was shredded. It was like stripes. And I was like, ah! straps with his fucking, it just yeah. screams heel. It all screams like, I'm a douchebag, and you're going to hate great. me. And it, it worked. It, uh, double J really had the gimmick, and he, he sold it 100%. Um, he had his first televised match with the WWF on the December 20th, 1993 episode of Raw, defeating PJ Walker. Um, there, there's a bit of miss here, Jess. Can we talk about how long they promoted him before he came in? I mean, what did you say? His, it was um, weeks, yeah. And uh, they were all Bruce, they were, they were all Bruce Pritchard produced, and it was just him outside of Music City or outside of a bar just talking about how great he was and he's going to use wrestling to catapult himself. and but he sold that name for months. J E double F. Yeah, J and at the end of the promo it was J E double F J A and they are E double people people had to go see Cal commercials for the car commercials. Yes, it was like go see Cal, go see. I believe it was done in the same vein as those. If I remember Bruce talking about it, was done in the same vein as those. Like where it was just like Jeff Jarrett, haha, the girl, the world's greatest singer, the world's greatest entertainer, and you're gonna find out. The world's greatest wrestler, like every fucking week. Like, <laughs> howdy, folks. Double J here again. That's J E double F J A double R E double T. That's double J Jeff Jarrett. Got my driver here, Billy Ray Brooks. Brought me down here today in my vintage '68 Cadillac. You know, fine cars are like fine wine. They just seem to get better with age. Isn't that right, Billy Ray? Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, yes, sir. You know, old Double J here, he takes care of his property, unlike the corrupt country music business. You know, they say proof's in the pudding. Well, I got the pudding right here. Take a look. Yeah, Jared's great. He is. Jared, when he asks, great. ain't I great? He is great. Ain't he great? Yeah, you are, actually. He's all right. Jared made his pay-per-view debut in great. January of 1994 at the Royal Rumble, entering that match within the 12th participant and was eliminated in less than 90 seconds by Randy Savage. Today, music man. No, not today, music man. Not today, not double G. J E double F J E double. I mean, that is ultimate, ultimate heel fashion. And I bet, I bet you, Double J was so happy. I just gotta come in for ninety seconds, and I'm gonna collect a check. Ha ha. Yeah, I'm gonna get. Jokes on you, man. Same way. Jokes on you. I'm just doing what I've always been doing. Get the double fuck out. Jared also lost in the second round of the 1994 King of the Ring tournament, being pinned by the one, two, three kid. But then oh. you're going to get pinned by 60 pounds, but then you're going to pin 400 pounds by defeating Mabel by pinfall at SummerSlam. Right. I mean, so. that's a big weight. Ah. You never know how it's going to go. Around it's a great comeback time, for Double J. Double J began a feud with the Intercontinental Champion Razor Ramon at the Royal Rumble in Tampa, Florida. Jared defeated <laughs> Razor so. to win the Intercontinental Champion. That was his first one, I believe, Jess. Is it true? I predicted it. We've got a new intercontinental champion. 
Yes, in an it was. Effort to become a dual champion, Jarrett challenged Diesel for the WWF World Heavyweight Championship in the main event, February second or twentieth uh, uh, episode of Raw. But he lost that match there. Oh, so uh, Double J is getting a lot of exposure here, working uh-huh. on top or very close to the top. Um, it's, I mean, obviously VKM is convinced this is ben the guy to work with at these levels. Goddamn heater! I hate him. But what's interesting about that is you know everybody hate hates him. Dad. Everybody hates him in his daddy's promotion, but he comes into WWF and Vince obviously sees the same talent, the same level of talent. He's fucking talent. He is talented. I don't care what anybody that, says. You know, Fuck. yeah, you get mad because he's the boss's son, but he oh. has talent both with the mic and with the ring work. I don't understand. I, you know, I think his drop kick. Old, Holy shit! His drop kick was fucked, man. He used to pull that drop kick out and just fuck you mm-hmm. right up with it. It was beautiful. Yeah, it was, yeah. It, was, it was like yeah. an uppercut drop kick. He would hit it so well. It yeah. Smacked you right in the chin with it. It's amazing. It, the guy could work. Uh, Razor Ramon received a rematch at WrestleMania 11. Oh, wow. 11. His first best. That was Jared's first WrestleMania. Wow. It, it seems like it should be earlier, but it's that's that's crazy. Which Jared It was almost by- a little story. It was almost at 10. At, on WrestleMania 10, he was scheduled as part of a 10-man tag. And, uh, and they were running it. short of time because someone by the name of Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon went longer in their ladder match than they should have. <laughs> so they had to kick a match out, and it was the 10-man tag. So oh, they booted wow. it out. So Jarrett's first WrestleMania was supposed to be part of a 10-man tag. So I'm glad like that 11 was so that, his first WrestleMania. That would WrestleMania be the, be the to... question, and the answer is probably, of course, but did the, everybody in the 10-man tag still get paid WrestleMania money when they were Uh Bruce said yes. And then they on the next night on Raw, they were like one of the featured matches, and they had the match the next night on Raw. But Bruce Pritchard did on his podcast said yes because Conrad asked that he's like so that's kind of fucked up they didn't get paid he's like oh no we paid him and he's like oh. like yeah that's easy that's to good. say though I wonder if it's true yeah. but you don't get that Coliseum home like, video money he can't break out the books them? no <laughs> why would I pay them what you fucking idiot Bruce <laughs> <laughs> oh I ask goodness. you a question Bruce he's like yeah why the f- when I do that, <laughs> yeah. Okay, sorry. I'll just tell so, everyone when I have a podcast in thirty years that you did. That's so Jerry did. Do. Jared did lose that match at WrestleMania 11, but it was by disqualification, so he retained the Intercontinental Championship. Ah, so we talked about as Jared's first WrestleMania. He then j- was joined by the Roadie with the duo losing to Razor Ramon in a handicap match at In Your House One. I love how it's called In Your House One. In uh, Your House. On, uh, April 26, 1995. In your house is country. Uh, yep. And in your house, too, the Lumberjacks, on, on July 23rd of 95, Jared performed the song With My Baby Tonight. That's mm. what Craig was singing earlier, which mm. he did a fantastic job. Thank you. Rendition. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. Uh, later that evening, Jared lost the Intercontinental Championship to Sean Babyface. That might be... Spending his that might be one of the best matches I've seen Jared have, like... That's for some reason that match is so fond with me. I love that fucking match. It was great, uh, and and it was really really good. And I tell if you get a chance, go back and watch it. But this is also where he performed the hit single with my baby tonight. Yeah, you knew he was lip syncing, but it, you didn't know. It and then like He's, you know, hey, yeah, he, it was he, fucking he awesome. hard working on the go. Right, <laughs> it was really uh-huh. good. The hands on the clock were moving slow. Uh huh. They were moving slow because he couldn't wait to get be alone with the baby tonight. That's right. Following the event, Jarrett left the WWF for five months yeah, and returned to, to the USWA. Jarrett uh-huh. was unhappy with creative and felt uh-huh. the roadie turning uh-huh. on him, uh-huh. which was booked in the storyline, was too premature, and they could uh-huh. move the angle for a few more months. And they, I think you, it you was, was probably right. A thousand percent. Uh, 
Yeah, Jarrett and Rhodey both just walked out after the match and did not shoot a scheduled breakup segment. So that's just terrible. Um, and that that was a big deal back then, by the way. Just them yeah. So what them. happened was is they that Vince and Pat were pushing like they're like, okay, so after you lose to Sean, you're gonna blame the Rhodey because like the way it happened is the Rhodey accidentally grabbed Jarrett's leg and caused Michaels to hit the super kick, and there you go. And so, uh, so they were like, you're going to split and then we're going to lead into a thing where you guys face each other. And then you're going to find out that you didn't sing the song. The roadie sang the song. And Jared's like, what, what do you mean? Like, we can milk this out to WrestleMania 12 if we want to. Like, and he was like, they're like, no, Vince is like, we'll pay it off, whatever, you know, like, and it was a kind of a thing. And so Jared was like, okay, wait a minute. My, like, I don't have any like future creative. He asked him. So, okay. So I lost the intercontinental title and then the roadie's going to expose me and humiliate me. You can't tell me the roadie's not going to beat me. So, like, what what happens to me afterwards? Oh, we'll see. You know, and Jared's like, no. And he just fucking walked out. And he talked to Road Dog, And he was like, walk out with me. We'll go talk to my dad. You got a job in USWA. And Road Dog was super green and new. He's like, all right. I mean, he was an Armstrong, but he was just like, okay. So, is, and then Jared now. generation, right? So, Jared nowadays, because I guess they started testing yeah, so. back here. And Road Dog was a known pothead. And so, I, and that's disrespectful. I don't mean that. He smoked a lot of marijuana. I'm offended by that. Saying, anyway. saying pothead, silly. I shouldn't have said that. But I mean, like, because it's just people like the fucking, it makes them feel good. And it don't explain fucking, somebody. Yeah. We're, it's we're it's, it's better. It's with better, with better now. It's 2023. So um, you're, you're making it worse, Jess. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so I guess J- Jarek's excuse <sighs> was like, I knew that if I'm in like a, a profile feud with the road dog and they test him. He's going to test positive and he's going to be kicked off the road. That's what he says now, which is kind of bullshit. Uh, Jarrett was really just looking out for himself, which is fine because in pro wrestling, if you don't, who's going to? Um, the promoter's not going to. He was the son of a promoter, so he fucking knew very well. Like when someone takes a title off you and then you get also further humiliated, like he's like, what you, you're not going to do anything with me. I'm done. So I guess he was just like, fuck it. So he went and sat in his dad's hot tub literally as the story goes afterwards when someone called jerry jericho and your son fucking walked out he's like yeah he's like, well, my son's right here you know he's like my son's right here and so i guess like yeah that was the whole thing with vince and going into it i'm like i don't think they're certainly they're still not going to go for this so what are you talking uh, brian staying with you so what are you talking to him about hey man we're going to go do our job and then we're going to quit yeah I, I basically said brian I, I, you know, what's your thoughts? And he's like, hell, I don't know. What do, what do you want to do? I'm like, look, let's, the only thing I know to do is, is once we shoot the angle, it's game set match. Now that's, that's incorrect. As I sit here today, but at that time is when we pull the trigger, look, the title's inconsequential to our storyline, our storylines between us. Let's just let, let, uh, cause I went to the, I went to the well again on Sunday. I'll never forget. I'm standing on stage with Vince and we're going over the, the, the performance and I Vince, can we reconsider this? I don't think it's, I really don't think we should do this. No, no. I mean, he didn't, he really didn't even give me the time of day, of but, uh, as Dave's going to read on, he did come back cause he had to serve out the rest of his contract. Mm-hmm. Um, and Vince let him come back or whatever, but his whole thing was like, you could have milked me and the road dog for like six months and had a payoff match at WrestleMania, I mean, it's, which it's, I would have lost. But it's also yeah. interesting because Double J knew that he the angle had to be. There's no way that Vince was going to waste the angle, mm. so they had. He knew he's probably like, oh, in my mind, he has to bring me back, and if he doesn't, I still got USWA. So he like Double J right. always had leverage in that in that exactly regard. exactly. I think that's so that's probably the most important phrase money, in his career. It can be mm-hmm. made, right? So just yeah. was like, you can make money. 
Yeah. Who else did what? Brock Lesnar, Stone Cold. Yeah. <laughs> Jared so yeah, so Jared, this was like Jarrett's first mini walkout, and they were supposed to. So they were supposed to do this whole thing where after he wakes up from the super kick, the roadie's like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry," and then Jarrett pushes, and then the roadie finally turns on him and like is like, "You know, whatever, I it was me and whatever." And they were supposed to film a backstage vignette where the roadie says, "It's me that sang the song," and blah blah blah, and they were gonna blow it all right there and. I guess they didn't. They rolled right outside the ring. Jarrett's like, come on. They went right to Jarrett's car and took the they fuck off. And, the car, yeah, and they were gone. As long as there's running. logic behind the walkout, hey. <clears throat> as, yeah. as, as long as they booked their walkout properly, it's yeah, fine. They booked it, yeah. Well, <laughs> it worked out because yeah. uh, Jarrett returns to the WWF at In Your House 5 on December 17th, 1995, <laughs> feuding with Ahmed Johnson. Um, that's That's <laughs> terrible. Uh, Actually, now that I, now that you oh, say that a lot, I'm like, plunge, he was Vince is trying to punish him. Yeah, <laughs> Vince Jared trying to lost to Johnson by disqualification of the 1996 oh, he sure on his ass, and left the WWE shortly thereafter due to a contract dispute. Again, later that year, the roadie revealed that he had in fact sung "With My Baby Tonight" and that Jared had been lip syncing, and what? that's when what? Double J takes his fall and. Runs it over to World Championship Wrestling in 1996. Where are we starting? World Championship Wrestling? There you go. Yeah. Hit it, October 1996, Jarrett was hired by WCW, signing a one-year contract. Upon debuting in WCW, Jarrett became a free agent, in quotes, in the rivalry between the Four Horsemen and the New World Order. Who would select Jeff Jarrett? So that this leads to whether Jeff Jarrett was actually a horseman, right? That and then Flair said you you were absolutely not a horseman, but Jarrett still says he was a horseman, right? In mid nineteen ninety seven, Jarrett was kicked out of the Four Horsemen and began feuding with <laughs> with Steve. So he's gone from Ahmed Johnson to Steve Mongo McMichael. <laughs> I mean, you what's gotta, the difference? Gotta, gotta cut your teeth, brother. Gotta cut your teeth. Other than the, oh, yeah. that's tough. That's where he finds his wife. Because it, we're not to jump ahead, but in his little shoot interview, he complains about having to work with Ahmed Johnson and Steve McMichael, who he said didn't even know how to lock up when he was um, yelling at Vince in the middle of the ring when he debuted. Ha 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 ha! Despite aligning himself with McMichael's then wife Deborah McMichael, Jarrett lost the United States Heavyweight Championship on August twenty first. His uh, contract expired in October. He opted to return to the WWF. Just a guy that likes to go back and forth like a ping pong ball, despite the dominance of WCW and the ongoing Monday Night Wars. Well, and he was smart too. He only signed like one year deals. Like, yeah. and he's just like, oh, well, he kept us on the edge too. He didn't answer the NWO question until later. So I love that. Yeah. Like, and long, then Jared long, even long said too, like, right towards the end, it was the same thing. It was like, okay, cool. Like, if you pay me off and I'm not a horseman, I guess the whole payoff was supposed to be he was supposed to face Flair. So the whole thing was supposed to be Jarrett and Flair at the end, because like Jarrett would get mad and Flair would finally say, you know what? You're not horseman material. What? I, you know, for the last year, I fucking did fought for you and did this and stuck up for you. And then it would be Jarrett and Flair. But again, after that, Flair would go over and then he asked Bischoff, what next? And Bischoff's like, I don't know. I don't know anything, really. Like, I'll just uh, sign whoever because you're a good name. You know, and then he was like, all right, cool. So then he contacted WWF and he was like, I kind of want to come back. All right, Dave. Oh, God. I got you. Uh, WWE Federation yeah. in 97 and 99. Jarrett returned to the WWF on the October 20th, 1997 episode of Raw Aha. in War. Aha. Delivering a work shoot speech in which he criticized both uh, WCW President Eric Bischoff and WWF Chairman Vince McMahon. Well, that's fun. Uh, well, we have company. Yes, we do. We have, we have a visitor. 
and he was not expected to uh, join us. Sorry, Vince, I know you wanted the big introduction. You want to be standing up here beside me, but I've got something to say, and I'm going to say it right now. Last week, on Monday Nitro, Jeff Jarrett was declared everything but dead. Since I refuse to accept Eric Bischoff's offer and re-sign with WCW, he did everything within his power to bury me. Being the coward that he is, he even hid behind his computer and announced to the whole world that he had pulled the offer off the table. After briefly feuding with The Undertaker, Jarrett defeated Barry Windham to win the vacant NWA North American Heavyweight Championship. Wow. That's... Really? That seems hidden. That seems odd in like in, in a weird space. Because Barry was there for like a minute, right? It was awful. It, but yeah, yeah it was back awful. with the new blackjacks and all that stuff. But he had yeah, the he NWA did. North American Heavyweight Champion in the WWF. Yeah, Jim Cornette brought it back, and they yeah. were trying to, you know, the the they were trying to like bring back old school wrestling or whatever. That was like Cornette's thing, and uh, it just sucked. Mm-hmm. Like, and Jarrett was like, Jarrett was in a weird singlet, like, and everything like that was really weird. Just, I, 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 I feel I feel Cuz is going to talk about if it comes out of the box, it has to be, it's got to be over speed. No. No. Okay. In 1998, <laughs> Jared joined forces with Jim Cornette and his stable who invaded National Wrestling Alliance. But I still Wrestling. hate Meltzer. <laughs> and <laughs> began defending the North American Heavyweight Championship on WWE. An NWA invasion? Oh, I don't remember this. Yeah. It yeah. was bad. It was really bad. I do. I, I hate it. Uh, in March, Jarrett left Cornette's stable and Cornette stripped him of the title and awarded it to Wyndham. Jarrett and what happens when all that falls on its face and falls flat? Next <laughs> sentence. <laughs> Jarrett went on to reprise his country music singer gimmick on the March <laughs> edition of Monday Night Raw, introducing Tennessee Lee as his new manager at Unforgiven in Your House on April 26, 98. Jarrett once again sang alongside Sawyer Brown with their hit single, Some Girls Do. Um, Chess, I'm sure you got a clip right Some here. girls don't, <laughs> and some <laughs> girls do. Some <laughs> girls do. <laughs> Because I want to be home with my girl. <laughs> on, <Nah. laughs> on the June 1st, 1998 edition, Tennessee <laughs> Lee introduced Southern Justice, oh. formerly known as the Godwits. Yes, wow. The, yeah, I remember that. Wow. I remember the Godwits. I don't remember yeah. them as Southern Justice. They your new body gods. Yeah. Oh. I think that's when they came out. Remember remember the song that Jarrett would come out with, uh, Deborah? <laughs> Bam. Yeah. I love I love how there's just there a, a quick justice. comment that Jarrett grew a flavor saver at this time. By the way, he grew, he grew, <laughs> he grew, he grew a flavor senior. saver. Oh, it was right before yeah. he joined up with Owen Hart, you know? This is when he, came, when he became edgy with the short hair, Jarrett. And- I love Owen yeah. Hart. And I never well, it was, before, it was before the hair came off, but yeah, he grew a goatee first. Yep. And then he would start wearing it ponytail a lot. Right. And sunglasses come out. Sunglasses. Yeah. Do you think Owen could have grown a goatee? He did for a little bit. I don't think he grow any facial hair. I'm not sure. Um, Never saw Owen with facial hair. I don't think. Did you guys ever see Owen Hart with facial? Yeah, I think when he was uh, the black heart. When he was the nugget. When he was the nugget. Yeah, 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 he had the goatee. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, he he grew it. I mean, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go check that out now. (coughs) 
On the August 9th, 1998 edition of Sunday Night Heat, Jarrett fired Tennessee Lee after he had inadvertently cost Jarrett multiple matches in the preceding weeks. Jarrett and Southern Justice then began feuding with D-Generation X, with Jarrett losing to DX member X-Pac in a hair versus hair match at SummerSlam. So that's where the hair comes off. Finally, the long hair is gone. Jarrett's hair was subsequently cut short by DX and Howard. Oh, Howard Uh helped out. That's great. Actually, and uh, uh, kind of an underrated match, the Jarrett and X Pac match at SummerSlam. Oh, true, they're pretty good. That's, that's just, that's good stuff. Uh, so, uh, Jarrett and Southern Justice were defeated by DX at Breakdown in September. The trio had separated shortly thereafter. Uh, Jarrett briefly feuded with Al Snow before reuniting <laughs> with Deborah, who had left WCW for the WWF, and forming a tag team with Owen Hart. Hart and Jarrett were close friends and travel partners for years. So the team gelled almost immediately. Those guys, the pranks must have been endless, I would think. Oh, dude. <laughs> Owen was bad enough. Owen and Hart, then you put yeah, you throw Owen. Jarrett in the mix. That sounds dangerous. Um he just started to go, ha. Jarrett and Hart Jarrett and Hart won the WWF Tag Team Championships from Ken Shanrock and the Big Boss Man. Oh, that's a weird mix. Successfully defeat uh, defending the titles at WrestleMania 15. In 1999, before losing to Kane and Xbox on an episode of Raw. Eight days after Hart died in a stunt, ah, it's always hard reading this, that went wrong on Over uh. the Edge, Jared defeated the, God, the Godfather, who Owen was scheduled to face in the pay per view for the Intercontinental Championship. As he was handed the title belt, he yelled Hart's name in tribute to his friend. Um, that's nice. Jared's got the moments. Um, and uh, I don't like to talk about that too much. I think it's always hard when we talk about Owen Hart, even to this day. It's it's hard on a lot of people on this podcast, if not everyone. So, In mid-1999, Jared exchanged the Intercontinental Championship with Edge and D'Lo Brown on two more occasions. His fifth reign broke Razor Ramon's record from 1995. He held the record, record until Chris Jericho's seventh reign in 2004. Uh, Jess, I think we should stop there. That's a big deal. It's a really big deal. I didn't even really realize that Jarrett held the record that long. That's a long time. I thought somebody would have broken it. Yeah, before you're, getting, you're getting close to a ten-year reign on that on that record. That's and uh, when Razor did it for a fourth time, that was. I mean, it was literally obviously unheard of, but like nobody was caring. I mean, that was that was broken after years and years of people uh, trying to get there. So that's huge. In the months that followed, Jarrett became increasingly abusive towards Deborah, kayfabe, right? <laughs> Making sure um, <laughs> this is not in the back. Uh, Jarrett uh, challenged D'Lo Brown for both the WWF European and Intercontinental Championships, with Deborah accompanying Brown to the ring following an argument with Jarrett. Did, did D'Lo um, do well with her in the corner? Guess not, because he lost the it's match. Kind of forgettable, honestly. Yeah. Uh, after both Mark Henry and Deborah turned on him, making Jarrett the second ever Euro Continental Champion. Oh, Who was the sorry. first, Jess? Who was the first Euro? 
Oh, fuck. It might have been D'Lo. Uh, Looking at the real deal now. That's a you trivia. Angle, you said Angle did it. The real deal, but you said Angle Whoa. did it in 2000? Yeah, Angle did it in 2000. And he was the first because this is like 04, 05. Yep. No. Oh, no, I'm is, sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm reading the wrong line. So this is like this is late 90s. <laughs> All right, okay. check it out. This is 99. The term Eurocontinental champion is uh, of European and intercontinental use to describe the wrestlers who held both titles simultaneously. Three wrestlers accomplished this. The first was D'Lo Brown. Up, and that was the legacy yeah. of the Euro Continental Championship. Yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> that's on social media. Yep. On the following episode of Raw, Jarrett rewarded Deborah and Henry by giving Deborah an assistant, Miss Kitty, and Henry oh, the Miss he just handed Henry the European Championship. Fantastic. Uh-huh, um, there you go. In late 1999, Jarrett began to value China over the Intercontinental Championship. I smell another walkout. Um, in the course of the feud. Jarrett became somewhat uh, misogynistic, attacking numerous females, including both wrestlers <laughs> and actress Sydney uh, Margulis, and executing the figure four leg lock on the women. That's terrible. Um, we don't see this anymore. This is stupid. I can't even make jokes. Just read on. This is bullshit. I can't make jokes right now because I have to add all of them out. It's <laughs> <laughs> fucking stupid. It was I want to do Jarrett's uh, voice right Jared now. Jarrett eventually can't. abandoned Deborah in favor of Miss Kitty after he and Deborah were defeated by Stephanie McMahon and Test in a mixed tag match. He later also turned on Miss Kitty after she lost a match that Jarrett had inserted her into his place. Uh, Jarrett left the WWF in October of 1999, right after WWF head writer Vince Russo resigned from the WWF in order to join WCW. Jarrett's contract expired on October 16th of 1999, one day before his scheduled match with China at No Wait, Mercy. So he was he close with Vince Russo? Well, is that why he left because of nah, Russo? Uh, people no? want to say that like Vince Russo produced him a lot, so they got along because like Jarrett did turn his whole attitude around. He cut his hair, he got his short hair, put the sunglasses on, you know, wore different tights, completely changed the hair. Russo, yeah, Russo was producing him. Jarrett's contract. Uh, it's okay to uh, he literally women, ran out the day before he was supposed to wrestle China at no mercy for for the IC championship on the line, but he still wrestled her nonetheless. And he lost Good. the intercontinental championship to China. Um, I think this is another reason probably why Jared wasn't going to resign. Unfortunately, and, and, and that, it's the same exact thing. It's the same exact record. It's funny that he's a quote unquote musician in his character. It's the same thing he said. All right. So I guess what Jim Ross was head of talent relations. He knew his contract was coming up. He kept asking Jim Ross, like, what do you, when are you going to resign me? I want more money. Like, you know, and then they put him in the China gimmick. And he was like, look, if I'm going to be like, you know, hitting women and stuff in the storyline, it's going to culminate with China beating me. That's fine. Like, he had no problem jobbing to China, contrary to popular belief. It was not an issue with him. But he's like, what do I do after that? So I lose to a woman in a good housekeeping match. What do I do? Like, what What are you going to do with me afterwards? And yeah. Jim Ross is like, oh, we'll do that. You know, whatever. We'll re-sign you, and then we'll figure that out. And he's like, well, then I want more money. And Jim Ross is like, well, I don't know. And, you know, yeah, we're kind of going to keep you where you're at kind of thing. 
And I think Jarrett hated mm-hmm. that. So he's like, well, now I'm going to leave again. And that's, he knew it right then. Yeah. And then, so I You're guess Jim him. Ross never followed up after that. So when it was getting closer and closer and closer to him resigning, you would think that if Jared even thought if I was a value talent, they would have absolutely known that my shit was expiring and they would have stopped that from expiring. And they yeah. would talk to me before that, but no it one approached him after that. So I guess he yeah. was like, well, fuck, fuck Jim Ross. If he doesn't want to fucking value me or whatever. So when he went to lose to China, he's like, actually my contract expires the day before and I'm not going to resign. So he's like, I want all of my money that you owe me. Cause WWF was famous for paying late. So if you wrestled in a pay-per-view, well, you wouldn't get you wouldn't get that payoff to like four months later because WWF had to get the pay-per-view money from yeah. the cable companies and then distribute it. So it wasn't technically late. Things. They had to wait on everything to come through. So, so, what, so what they to you. this day, Jared's like, I only asked for all of my money's owed. I never asked yeah. for anything. I wanted a check cut for me that night for all my merchandise money and all my pay-per-view money for the last two pay-per-views that I hadn't been paid for yet, which was like over 200 grand. So he's like, I yeah. want a check for that because I'm not, I'm telling you right now, I'm not resigning. So you should have a check for me. Oh, no, we'll pay you. No, you're going to pay me. Now you're going to drag my shit out. I won't see this shit for a year. So he's like, I, you need to pay me right now. So I guess Vince said, okay. Vince wrote the check. Jarrett swears up and down that there was no bad blood between them. It just ran rampant in the stories and the dirt sheets and all that stuff. And that Vince, Vince will never tell you. I hate to say Yeah, that he walked out on Vince and all that. He's like, I did not. I asked for the money that I was owed, and I didn't resign because they didn't have any good. And Jim Ross yeah. just stopped calling me. So, so for the the bad blood that you're talking about, I mean, China Jeff alleges that China alleges that Jared yeah. Russo had colluded in order to delay the title defense until Jared's contract had expired, and that then they made a deal with Vince for 200k in order to wrestle without a contract. Which that, J- that, J- Jared said Jared's that was story. just Jeff Jarrett said that's not. He said he'd only been paid Jared, by the yeah. by the WDF. He had an interview in 2008 for a TNA special. He stated not only were the negotiations in good faith and cordial, but he also got stock options from. The IPO of WWF, which occurred two days after he left, which was all part of the arrangement. Um, and then on his podcast, he explained that the departure had nothing to do with Russo initially, but he did give shaky answers about the creative direction and losing to China and resigning. But uh, J- just talked about this earlier. Once he just wasn't getting a callback from Jim Ross, he's like, "I'm well, then I'll call Russo. Russo's got a spot over in WCW, so I'll just go there. And it was, it was an easy, real easy kind of transition from that. Um, because they, like I said, they've been working together. Their creative. It's was funny how people hand. do that all the time in the territories, but because Jarrett, like, it's he does the job to a woman, which I, I, that sounds harsh me saying that, but he does the job to a woman. He does everything he says he's going to do, and he just wants his money's owed. But people are like, at the time, the internet was gaining more steam, and it was more, you know, sexy to have a nice scandalous story or whatever. It's well, you like, can have more fake dirt than there was no all the time in territories and left and, and jobbed out and left and did what they were supposed to do and nobody to, said anything. It was just but if Jarrett wants to do it, it was like no, you did it because your buddy Russo went over. He's like, no, like I didn't have a future and I was going to leave because my money would dry up here. So I decided to go. Uh, back to WCW from 99 to 01. Uh, Jarrett returned in October of 99. Uh, for an episode of Monday Nitro, attacking Buff Bagwell and proclaiming himself the chosen one of WCW. Uh, Jarrett took part in a tournament for the vacant WCW World Heavyweight Championship, winning his first three matches with the assistance of Creative Control. He was eliminated from the tournament after losing his semifinal match to Chris Benoit. The day after Starcade of 99 on Nitro, Jarrett defeated Chris Benoit to win the WCW United States Championship. And then Jarrett had reformed the NWO 
with WCW World Championship, uh, World Heavyweight Champion Bret Hart, and the reigning WCW World Tag Team Champions Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, with the foursome calling themselves NWO 2000. Wow, um, what a dumpster fire! That does not sound good. It sounds really bad. Um, how many how many times was Bret Hart champion in WCW? Champion, champion. Just I think at least once. I thought it was twice, but. Might have been twice, but J- Jess, what was your favorite memory of NWO two thousand? Um, when they stopped calling themselves NWO two thousand, I thought you were going to say when WCW uh, closed down. That's way after, but you know, sorry. In early two thousand, Jarrett feuded with the WCW commissioner Terry Funk, whose horse was sick. I'm just kidding, and forced him to wrestle three veterans: George Steele, Tito Santana, and Jimmy Snuka in one night. That sounds horrific. Uh, Jarrett was stripped of the United States Heavyweight Championship after suffering a concussion during his bout with Snuka, but the title was returned to him by Nash after he became WCW Commissioner. What a bunch of... Was that a kayfabe concussion, or is that the way that he got stripped of the title when he wrestled the vets? I don't know. No, he that. legitimately got a concussion from fucking Snuka. Snuka splashed him from the top of the cage, and mm-hmm. Jarrett's and back of his head thwacked the back of the mat, and like it gave him a legit concussion. It was... Mm, as far as physical, and I've had the back injury, it was, it turns out to be definitely the worst day at the office. It was because my, my head just smacked back and Benoit came off. I don't remember any of that, but I just remember getting to the back and came in the dressing room. Mark Johnson came in, uh, and I was unlacing my boots kind of like the standard, if you will, that, okay, going through the motions, I'm going to know that. And he said, man, you all right? And I said, man, I don't think I am. Turn those lights off. And he just thought that was odd because we were in a little bitty kind of dressing room. Um, it's like the official's room or whatever it may be. He's like, really? And I said, yeah, just turn the lights off for a second because my eyes were skint and then my head just started ringing and started ringing. And I'm like, all right, I got to get in the shower. He talked wow. about it on his podcast. He was fucked up for a while, like from that. Wow. So following Hart's retirement, the NWO 2000 had disbanded. Um, thanks so much for that, Goldberg. And April WCW was rebooted by Eric Bischoff and Vince Russo. With all titles vacated as a result, Bischoff and Russo also created the New Blood, a stable of younger wrestlers who viewed with the Millionaires Club, made up of the older members of the WCW roster. Jarrett joined the New Blood, even though he's <laughs> not New Blood. At a spring stampede of April 16, he defeated Millionaire's Club member Diamond Dallas Page to win the vacant WCW World Heavyweight Championship. <laughs> I'm tired of these old guys old. Uh, <laughs> winning everything. Right, right, everybody? That's Started why I'm with the New Blood. I'm tired of these old guys. Uh, Page regained the title on April 24th, and then on April 25th, the title was contested in a tag team match hitting Jarrett and Bischoff against Paige and actor David Arquette. This is when David Arquette won the WCW World Heavyweight Championship after pinning Bischoff. Okay, this is terrible, but I will say David Arquette loves wrestling. He's still wrestling to this day. There's a great documentary on it. It wasn't his fault. He even told uh, David Arquette said many times, I I don't want to win it. I did not want to win the title. Like when they told me, he's like, I don't think that's a good idea. Because and I think, like, I think no, he no, really respected the craft. You know, he's like, yeah, he, they're great. like, no, it'll be great. It's a stunt. People will get it. And so he's like, okay. 
And then when people didn't get it and they wanted to kill him, he was like, like, I told he was you. like this is fucking sucks, man. <laughs> like that. Yeah. I, I feel bad for our kid because I think he really, <laughs> he's an actor that just kind of wanted to get in the business, you know, really. And that's hard to do. It's, it's easier now, it seems like. Actors and entertainers are getting into the business now, but yeah, David uh, Arquette was way ahead of its time. Yeah, true. Trendsetter David Arquette coming up. Trendsetter, yeah. We, yeah. You know what? That's Trendsetter. actually not a bad one. That's nice. Trendsetter for celebrities. Yeah. Uh, there you go. On assembly uh, of at May seventh, Jarrett defeated Page and Arquette in a three-way triple cage match. <laughs> that's a that's a mouthful to win his second WCW World Heavyweight Championship after Arquette turned on Page. Ah, You're- swerve, bro. You fucking <laughs> fell for swerve, it, bro. bro. <laughs> I brought my buddy over here after banking him away from the WWF. China was right. I fucking faked all of it. And now he's the champion. Now yeah, what? Swerve. swerve. Wow. Jarrett swerve, feuded with bro. Nash and Hulk Hogan throughout June 2000. And on July 9th at Bash of the Beach, he faced mm-hmm. Hogan for the world championship on the line. The match ended swiftly after Jarrett immediately had laid down, allowing Hogan to rest a boot on his chest and win the title. Look, at, from the beginning, uh, in my opinion, Hogan and Russo are all in water. And, 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 and what I say about that is, Hogan was raised in, I'm going to answer to Eddie Graham, I'm going to answer to Vern Gagne, I'm going to answer to Jerry Jarrett, I'm going to answer to Inoki, Baba, or, you know, excuse me, Inoki, I'm going to answer to Vince. So Hogan being old school as old school can get in a lot of ways. And, and Vince had the delivery um, period that I knew that was all in water, J- just in discussion. With Hogan commenting, this why, that's why this company is in the damn shape it's in, because of bullshit like this. <laughs> because of bullshit like this, brother. Jarrett was involved in like just the David Arquette thing and this Hogan thing. Poor Jarrett. Like he's just like, listen, yeah, man. I just want to win the fucking world title. Like, I just, what? I was like, I just want to work. It's all just fucking everywhere. Yeah. What's the opposite of this? Doesn't work for me, brother. It's <laughs> that's why this company's in the shape it's in because of bullshit like this. <laughs> bullshit like this. <laughs> yeah, that, like he didn't create. Like he didn't create similar bullshit. Just in the business. Um, I, my favorite part about Hogan is. Just the I didn't do that. Like you did all of it. Actually, you did all of it. I you did all of it. I didn't fake a naked injury. I didn't want to put Jared over, brother. Whoa! Like everything blows up. Hall and Nash just start sitting out on their contracts. They realize they get a downside guarantee, and Hogan's like, oh, "I don't know. How did that happen?" Brother, it's like, "Oh, I gee, I wonder why. Brother. I wonder how that happened." You dick, brother. Man, all right. I didn't tell Nick Patrick to count fast. I didn't tell oh. him to do a real. Guy. I don't know what happened. What do you, uh-huh. my brother? Right, brother. Vince Russo subsequently came to the ring and delivered a profanity-laced statement in which he accused Hogan of politicking and claimed that Hogan had used his creative control to refuse that, to lose his sentence. Uh, Jarrett, reset on WCW, bro. Uh, Jarrett would wrestle Booker T for the official WCW World Heavyweight Championship later that night. Booker T won the match, and Hogan did not appear in WCW again. Brother. It is disputed whether the situation was a shoot, a work, or some combination of the two. I talked to Jess about this years ago. I'm like, Jess, how can you tell me? Like, and you're like, well, it seems like it, like he's really generally pissed, but no one's really sure. Nobody really knows, bro. No one will ever know, bro. He no worked himself into a shoe. Okay, bro. to this day, people are still talking about it, bro. Win for Vinny Rue.
And Didn't we discuss it backstage? Was Hogan in on it? I guess you'll never know. He won himself into a shoe on anything. the bro. We'll hear, we'll hear it on Russo's deathbed when nobody cares. Um, yeah. On 2001, Jarrett and Steiner became members of the Magnificent Seven, a large stable headed by Flair. Flair and Jesus, Jarrett with Dusty sounds, oh, it's terrible. and Dustin Rhodes. You guys March. want seven people? Yeah, when WCW was in. You guys want seven of us? That's when. No, the, he's just drunken Main event mafia, bro. <clears throat> so four horsemen is... is good, but what if you add three more, <laughs> oh, bro? God. Russo, you want uh, seven? You're seven. <laughs> <laughs> you want? You want he's seven? Just in the corner. <laughs> I'll do seven if you want seven. seven. <laughs> Give me Road Warrior Animal. One in seven. All right, so since WWE picks up the uh, the WCW for a measly like, $2.5 million, if, if I got that right, um, <laughs> uh, they were uninterested in Jarrett, so the WWF neglected to acquire his contract, leaving him without a job. And on the March 26th episode of WWF's Raw program, which coincided with the final episode of Nitro, company owner Vincent Kennedy McMahon was seen watching Jarrett within the WCW venue on a television set. Mocking Jarrett's trademark of distinctly spelling out his name, McMahon stated that Jarrett would be capital G double O double A double E gone. Um, God. That's not nice. Um, I remember but, that. but he did. Uh, so now, as far as the Jeff Jarrett's of the world are concerned, you know how Jeff spells his name? That's J E double F. Well, you know what? Hmm. I would suspect that we'd spell it a different way after tonight. That would be capital G, double O, double N, double E. Gone. Uh, he did have a, a pretty decent career, though, in NWA, uh, TNA. What, what's up? What's up, buddy? I was just going to say, um, we can edit this out if you want, but if we're going to do, if this is part one, shouldn't, shouldn't we save this for part two? I think it's just. Well, I, kinda, I wanted to wet the whistle for TNA, and then I wanted to end it because, like, oh. really, like yeah. what they've been talking about on Conrad's podcast. I didn't even know about like the. We'll talk about it in part two, but like the betrayal that happened when they first started the company. Their original investor fucking lied and fudged the oh. numbers, and like fucking, they almost went out of business, and that's how he met the Carter family. So like that's like the beginning yeah. like of TNA. But oh, I kind of wanted to wet the whistle. He went to TNA here oh. and decided to. So Vince was pretty yeah, much just like into the TNA. His comrades like, what were you thinking? Did Vin, did anybody call you from WWF and said we're going to do a segment where Vince does, does the double O double G double O double gone thing? And yeah. and Jarrett, he's like, dude, the the wrestler in me and the promoter's son is like, dude, he's going to reference my old catchphrase. He's going to bring me up specifically on the Cell episode of WCW and reference me and say I'm gone. He's like, I'm feuding with Vince McMahon. Yeah, <laughs> and then he's like, and then he stopped and thought, like nobody remembers like me leaving in '99. Nobody cares. He's like, he just did it to do it, and that's when Jarrett's like, is this pissing me? It was so funny because he's like, I didn't do anything. That's when he said he's like, I think that like just bullshit got back to Vince because Bruce this whole time, Bruce said 
I hated Jared after he left because he kept leaving all the time. He left in 95. He left again in 96. He left all the time. And so Bruce didn't like him for that. So Bruce was always in Vince's ear going, that fucking piece of shit, like, stop giving him chances. So I guess finally, when they got in Vince's ear going, just fucking fire him on television, do the double G, double G, double O, double whatever. And then so he did it. But, you know, for Jeff Jarrett at home, he's like, oh, hell yeah, I'm feuding with Man, the, the biggest heel in wrestling like no he really fucking said I, you're never coming here like ever again and he meant it and jared's like what did i do like so it's kind of crazy. crazy like they man like you know and it was really good so tina had some good stuff if he didn't say i'm gonna put a lot of my money on the line to just have a second promotion that they can go to even if i'm a distant 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 second it doesn't matter we need something they they eventually got on spike television they did a lot of good stuff which we'll cover in part two but man like yeah uh but his first half of his career wow. and just jeff just jeff just jeff, jeff jarrett's run here in the wwe wwf like intercontinental champion multiple times tag team champion european yeah. champion like he was like he was awesome i was, like, jeff I was going down champion. the list just on wikipedia I, I haven't seen a list of accolades nearly as long on championships for any wrestler like Jeff. And he won the USWA title 98 and a half times. 98 <laughs> and a half times. Tag team champion 87 million times. Uh, yeah. yeah. So he's awesome. Like Jeff Jarrett is great. And we're not even done. We're doing the first half. We have all of TNA, which he was in TNA for over a decade and sure. wrestled people like just to wet everyone's whistle. People like Kurt fucking Angle that came over there. Yeah. Booker T. Yep. Uh, he wrestled AJ Styles, AJ Samoa Styles, Joe. Like, uh, you know, he had a fun feud oh, with good. Kurt Angle did he, did, did later. Did Christian get a chance to cut his teeth with him over there, too? Yeah, Christian went over there and wrestled him. Sting, Sting and Jared. Yeah. Like, man, you know, it's just it's so many Flair great things Hogan. that we'll talk about in part two. Uh, Flair and Hogan came in when Jared, yeah. when Jared was kind of still sort of in there, not really. He got pushed out. That's another yeah. controversy we'll talk about in part two. How about the Carter family Jay, pushed Jay Jared Lethal, out of his own company? Right? Yeah. Uh -huh. So Jay Lethal, yeah, he get, that's where he got to know Sonjay Dutt. Like, all kinds Sonja, of, yeah, yeah. like, so people, many, man, so like. So much great shit over there. Like, that's awesome. Uh -huh. All right. Tomko. I guess we'll, we'll cut it there. For audio fans, give us a listen on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Yeah, or watch yeah. our videos on YouTube at our wrestling channel. On social yeah, media, yeah. give us a follow on Instagram or Twitter at OWB2019 or on Facebook at Our Wrestling Podcast. For the OWP, this is Dave Jess, Craig, and Cuz signing off. Have a good one. <laughs>